0: hello and welcome back to the auto origins podcast today we will be, review- we'll be reviewing the ih scout now the ih scout was well an suv and SUVs at the time of its production well they didn't really exist people didn't know what an suv was and i mean come on i can't blame them i mean they knew what a truck was they knew what a sedan was they knew what a van was because, you know, 60s, of hippies, you know, and all their jazz and whatnot, but they didn't know they did not sing jazz, but it, whatever. Anyway, let's get on to the, the Scout. Actually, International Harvester's history. Now, International Harvester was a company that produced uh, construction equipment, or actually, does still to this day, but under a different name. They produced farm machinery and construction equipment. Con- uh, K- uh, international Scout. Oh, International Harvester. Sorry, International Harvester had, was actually the biggest at its, at the time. The biggest farm. Machinery producing company. Now. They actually went bankrupt. Or. Actually they sold out. So they didn't go bankrupt. And. What they did. Was they had bought so many companies. Like David Brown and Tenneco. I believe they bought Tenneco. Anyway. They had gotten so big. They were paying high wages to their workers. They were also. Not really gaining a lot. I mean. Their profits and everything were tripling, and they had a net worth of, uh, or they had a worth of 174.1 million, I think it was, at the one one point. Uh, but uh, Wall Street analysts were like, "This is not gonna catch up to other giants like John Deere and, at the time, Ford. Ford was also in the farm machinery, um, kind of, oh." What do they call that. They were they were following this this trend, you know. They wanted their piece of pie. So, they had eventually gotten to- so big and lost so much money that they decided to close their plants. They had sold out to another company. Then, uh, the other other company already had some of the, com- the company originally they were producing products called Case International. Which was going to be the new brand that would take over after International Harvester had finally closed its doors. Now, International Harvester was a great company. uh, Before it was Farmall, before that, McCormick Deering. And they just have name changes. I mean, they've had a lot. They had McCormick Deering, like I said. The next was Farmall, International Harvester, Case International, Case IH. That's five. Case IH is the name today. Now, you may know that Case IH, you know, they make red tractors. And they're actually a conglomerate of, they're actually a piece of CNH Global, which they're a part of. They're a third of this group, um, the actual companies that are conglomerate or conglomerated into this group are the Fiat Group, uh, New Holland, which makes farm machinery, strictly farm machinery, and KSIH, which also strictly now makes farm machinery and construction equipment. Now, international and made the Scout. The Scout is this off road capable SUV. Now, like I said earlier, at the time people didn't know what the heck SUVs were. They had trucks, they had Jeeps who knows what Jeeps are? I don't even know how to classify those. I guess they're off road capable vehicles, but I guess you could call them SUVs because now they're pretty good roadworthy vehicles and cars. Cars were just kind of, that's just kind of a, you know, like a nickname or something. Because there's actual names for them, like sedans, and convertibles, and coupes, and stuff like that. Now, the IH Scout was produced from 1961 to 1980, which is a 19-year time span. Now, this, this was a precursor of most sophisticated SUVs in today's world. Like, well, the Suburban is actually an old model. The Chevy Suburban old model, but that's also used today. Um, Jeeps have, I guess you can call them SUVs, they have new ones. But they also also have kept the old body style, which is still made today. I mean, they've had changes. the uh, More streamlined, I guess. Uh, more aerodynamic. But anyway, this is about the International Scout, not the Jeeps. Um, initially, when they were uh, conceived... They want. They were going to be the. They were the competitor of the Jeep, so they were like, "All right, let's put a fold-down windshield to compete with them because you know that's cool. You want that with an with a off-road capable vehicle." Now, the Scout and also second-generation Scout. See, there's only two generations, but there's multiple models in those generations. Now, the second-generation Scout too. Which was the generation name, but it was also the model name of the Scout, were produced in Fort Wayne, Indiana, as two-door. Now I don't think you get them as four-door. You might have, but probably not. As two-door trucks. Now they were called trucks because that's pretty much what they were. You could put you could they you could actually get them so that the top was removable, and you could use them as a truck because they had the back. Cab wall with the cab glass in the back. They um, had removable hardtops. Like I said with options of full length roof. Half cab pickup. Or soft top. Now. Like I said they were produced by International Harvester. From 1961 to 1980. And Fort Wayne. They were full size SUVs. Or just off road in general. Their body style was two door SUV. Or two door pickup truck layout front engine rear-wheel drive or well actually it's both rear-wheel drive and four-wheel drive four-wheel drive is selectable and four-wheel drive has the lockable hubs which you have to manually still get out and lock which I guess is okay because then you make sure they're locked and they're not controlled by a computer and then yeah you have issues but the first model of the Scout is 61 the, the 61 Scout 80 um. They're pretty cool, I'd say. I mean, you can get them as pickup trucks or... Ah! drop my phone. You can get them as, uh, pickup trucks or the off-road vehicles. Well, they didn't really come with off-road suspension or wheels. They came with these solid-cast, uh, wheels that had the lockable hubs up front. And they just look like, you know, something you'd drive around town. Um... Uh, Now, the full cap for these pickup trucks, quote unquote, um, they were were also known as travel tops, which I guess you could put a camper on top, kind of like the ones you could buy for pickup trucks, ones you put in the bed, the old tiny ones, I guess. Now, International actually began building trucks and pickup trucks in 1907. Way before the Scout was even produced. Now, in f- 1953, it had added a truck-based people carrier. The Travelol. Travel Wait a minute. Travelol. Travelol. Travelall. Travelol. Lol. Lollipop. Travelolipop. Travelol. La 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 Okay. I would get a bit better pass that before it gets distracted. In the late fifties, it began to design a competitor for the two-door Jeep CJ. Now I know there's I know two models in the CJ, the Jeep CJ series, which was the CJ five and the CJ seven. I actually know somebody that lives near me that's actually restoring a CJ seven with the four-wheel drive, and it has a big block V eight in it, which is pretty cool. I gotta admit. Now. The 61 model of the Scout 80 made its debut in late 1960 for the 1960-1961 model year. Now, a chief designer of this the Scout, Ted Orness recalled, the market potential for a four-wheel drive recreational vehicle was an unknown quantity in the early 50s. The only such vehicle offered in the post-war period was the Willys Jeep, which, was is a version of the military jeep produced for World War II. Flat side bare bones product. American military personnel learned to appreciate its ability to maneuver over rough terrain. Sales volume was very very low. Now in 1958 we were directed to develop a concept proposal to enter the small market of time. But why? Who knows? Maybe they wanted to get on this market and see what potential it had. And maybe, just maybe they could save their company. But at the time, they were doing pretty well. Like I said, a man named Mr. Reese, the manager of engineering, said design something to replace the horse. Now, that's quite strange. I must admit, there was no product definition to use as a guide. It was even proposed to use a defunct Henry J. body tooling. Compound body surfaces were considered too far out for this type of vehicle. The military Jeep was thought to have the correct appearance. Our design sketched with a flat side, no contour look, never excited the executive committee. The program began to die. One night, while sitting at our kitchen table full of frustration and desperation, I dashed off this rough sketch on a piece of scrap map board. It had contoured size and was designed for plastics tooling. The next morning, he was shown to a committee member. He reviewed it with controlled enthusiasm, but revived interest in the program. We were off and running. Goodyear produced many plastic parts for World War II and had formed a large plastic engineering group. So, apparently, Goodyear made plastic parts for vehicles besides tires, which I thought they just only made tires. And, and that's strange. I mean, I've never, I never knew that. Um, starting in July of 1959, a full-size clay model was completed. And in November 1959, it was approved. So, oh, wait a minute. Before we ever had, you know, wood models and stuff like that, they did clay models? I mean, I guess they do clay models today, but clay models? God, that's That's pretty strange, be pretty cool though you paint it and make it look like one. Be pretty neat, looking back, it was a remarkable program with fast-based paced pace in engineering and manufacturing developments total development time for twenty four months was a heroic achievement, considering the concept was unique and no in-house engine or manufacturing was available or even considered when the program started. So they really went into this with literally nothing, which is how vehicle design works you come up with this idea you you sketch it out and car companies are great at this but they had they were making tractors and construction equipment and combines they didn't have engines for a car well SUV but they were like we don't know what the heck we're doing but it'd be pretty cool you know? So this first Scout was introduced in 1960. This is uh, also from Ted Ornus Ornas. Uh, first Scout was introduced in 1960. It was a concept, there was a concept for its replacement that was initiated in 1964 and approved for production in mid-1965. Now, Scout 2, which is the second generation, there's only two generations now it's the last one was introduced in 1971 and ran from that year to 1980 when they actually sold out. They sold. They sold their company to Teneco, I believe, which then was also bought up, I think, or something like that. The basic sheet metal remained unchanged until production stopped on October 21st of 1980. During that 20-year period from 1960 to 1980, over... Half a million Scouts were produced. Half a million. Well, the actual number is 532,674 for all you crazy people that actually want me to give the real number. Scouts, oh yeah, Scout introduced as a commercial utility pickup in the 1960s. Set the stage for future four-wheel drive recreational vehicles of later gen- or later uh, decades, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and even today. Which is crazy. Now, here we go. We're going to get into some pretty interesting stuff. The models and variants. Scout models include the 80, the 800, the 810, the Scout 2, Scout 2 Terra, and Scout 2 Traveler. Super Scout 2. Now, I'm going to get into detail with all these models. So, here we go. The Scout 80, which is the OG Scout, Scout 800, was pretty much the same Except with upgrades. So. You could have just given given it like a. Special like trim or something. Instead of calling it like an 800. Which is a completely different model. I mean it's the same. Scout A10. Which was an early Scout 2. Containing a Scout A10. Badging on the glove box. So. They didn't want to leak. Out information that there was going to be. A second generation. Scouts they were like we want to release this model but we don't want to release the Scout 2 just yet so we're like alright release the Scout 810 pretty much the same thing the Scout 2 later standard production model the removable soft or hard top with a 100 inch wheelbase the Scout 2 Terra was a light pickup truck version with a longer wheelbase of 118 inches The Scout 2 Traveler, with the same wheelbase as the Scout 2 Terra, had a removable fiberglass hardtop and an optional third row of seats. So, it was really like a people mover. And you can also haul a good bit of stuff with it. The Super Scout 2, which was created from 1979 to 1979, which was about near the end of their production run, this model had removable fabric doors, a roll bar, and soft top. Self-top model was tagged the SSII by AH Marketing. Eventually the SS letters were assumed to stand for Super Scout. Not Super Sport, Super Scout. The name of this model is called today. Now, we're gonna review each individual model in the line here. The OG Scout or the Scout 80 were built between 1960 and 1975 or oh, 1965. These models were identifiable by removing sliding side windows in 60 to 61, and even some very early 62 models. A full down windshield, vacuum windshield wipers mounted to the top of the windshield, and an IH logo in the center of the grille. The Scout 80 had the gas-powered 152 cubic inch, 152 four-cylinder. Oh, it doesn't say cubic inch. Is that the model, or is that the actual cubic inch an inch size? I don't know. And standard engine. Red carpet series. The first special package was the red carpet series. Celebrating the 100,000th Scout manufactured by IH. And only 3,000 were produced. Well, that makes no sense. You make the 100,000th Scout. And you make that the one red carpet. Make one. And then keep it away. Keep it nice. But... You should make 3,000 of them because... Oh, yeah you go have the 103,000th scout. Uh, whatever I guess they thought people thought it was you know better than anything else. This model had a red interior with a white exterior full-length headliner full floor mats and a special medallion that was silver-plated affixed to the door which read quote-unquote custom. This scout was a step up from regular ones it was marketed to attract more people and was often advertised with women in mind. Each international dealer in the United States received one red carpet series scout to be used in parades, in the showroom, and for promotional purposes. The Scout 80 Campermobile. In the early 60s, international experiment with a camper body permanently mounted to the Scout 80. The roof was raised to nearly double the original height to allow standings upright inside. Tented sleeping bunks folded out of the sides and the rear of the body was extended significantly. significantly. Dang. The tailgate liftgate system was replaced with one large ambulance swinging-style ambu- ambulance. Ambulance swinging door. Plans included that the unit could be purchased as a stripped-down shell, $960 installed, or as a deluxe unit, which included a dinette set, stand-up galley, and a screened chemical toilet that retracted into the wall, $1,850 installed at the time. The May 1963 issue of Mechanics Illustrated contains a full-color advertisement for the scout camper on the inside cover, which featured two artist renderings of the unit and a form to fill out and send in for free literature. The camper showed up again in the May 1963 issue of Popular Science, this time in an actual photo as part of a two-page article article about pickup campers. Now, this pickup camper uh, trend would also pop up in the 70s and 80s, um, seeing as there are a lot of photos out there, um, circulating about, um, trucks with the big old, you know, those big old, um, that would fit onto the bed. You'd take the tailgate off, you take the bolts out and put that big old thing on there and you'd have like the dinette and you'd have your toilet and you'd have your kitchen and you know, everything. Um, the early Scout 800s, it's known that the Scout 80s were built in 65 and 66 to so rise of the new 800. However, some Scouts built later in the year 65 are considered a Scout 800, as indicated by the VIN tags. Now, an assumed 3,000 of these 65 and a half Scouts, which started from the middle of the year to the end of the year, exist, which make them interesting to study. Now, manufacturers will use what's left in the parts bin from the previous models to build the new one. Some notable parts used in the piecing together, these new 800s, were the hood that carried over the tie-down loop that would hold down the folding windshield. The reason this is significant is because the new 800 windshield doesn't fold down. Also, the front grille was that of the 80, but now used on the new 800. It featured a gold-plated IH emblem on a black backing piece, secured to a durable and stylish wire mesh grille. Axles is a big detail as well. The new 800 features stronger Dana 44. However, these early 800 miles still got the weaker Dana 27. That was more prone to axle shafts breaking during heavy off-road usage. That's not good. If you're breaking axles and axle shafts during off-road usage, replace it. But, you know, that's, wow, that's terrible. Although the Dana 27 was still available, if desired, versus the Dana 20, the 44. Get the get the 44, get the 44, do not get the 27. You must be crazy if you want the Dana 27. Unless it's road usage, then you should be fine. The Dana 27 Scouts was obsolete by 1968. By this time, these new 800 models were four-wheel drive and standard equipment at that. The International Ski. Oh, hold on. Yeah, the inner, yeah the engine is one hundred fifty two cubic inches, but you'd also get a one hundred ninety six cubic inch, I four, a two thirty two, uh, uh, I six, and two sixty eight V eight in the eight hundreds, which kind of look like Land Cruisers, strange. Anyway, the Scout eight hundred replaced the Scout eighty in nineteen sixty five. Now this new eight hundred was built from sixty five to sixty eight. The models had many improvements in comfort and design, including the bucket seats, which. Keep that in mind, pretty important, better instrumentation and heating systems, updated dashboard, optional rear seats, optional 196 cubic inch, four lines, or four line, oh my, God. four cylinder, four cylinder engine, or a 232 inch cubic inch, inline six engine, beginning in March of 1967. Now, a 266 uh, ci cubic inch V8 engine was also offered. Which, honestly, is probably your best option for off-roading. You don't really want a small engine. Because you want more power to be powering over rough terrain. Or going through, say, uh, mud. Or going over rocks. Or, you know, rough terrain in general. Um, External changes were limited to anodized aluminum grills. rectangular IH logo pasted in the grill. IH badge removed the hood. Door handles became button type. Tailgate no longer included hooks. I don't know what those were for. Base engine was naturally aspirated. Comanche 152 cubic inch 4 cylinder. With a whopping 93 horsepower. That's sad. <laughs> of which a turbocharged version with 111 horsepower. Oh, uh, that's not much better. That's what? 18 horsepower? Oh, that's it's a good bit. Also offered, in August of 66, the turbo version was complemented by the bigger 196, which used less fuel with exactly the same power. The 196 motor achieved 20 mpgs. 20, that's pretty good for... Sometimes that old. That old. Wow. Um, the 800A, 800B are pretty much the same, except the 800B was produced for very little time. Um... Scout Two which you know they were made from nineteen seventy one to nineteen eighty um, they were only made for nine years because international Harvester sold their, well actually closed their doors and sold off what they had now they're they're most identifiable by, identifiable but from its by its different front grille. Now it had three little stripes. I guess that's what you call them. Three little lines. And with the international word "international" on the very right. If you're looking at it from the front, it'd be on the very right in on the middle stripe there. Um, now, in 1971 and 1972, Scout 2 shared the same grille, three horizontal bars between the headlights, and chrome rings around the headlights. The 73 Scout Two's at 14. 14 vertical bars between the headlights. A split in the middle. Seven bars on each side surrounded by chrome trim pieces. An international model plate below on the left side. Now. Wow. That's. So they're not really much different. So a Scout Traveler. Think of like a station wagon. But made for off-roading. Wow. A station wagon made for off-roading. Close your eyes and dream about that for like just a second. Hold on. Not done yet. Wow. Dude, that'd be cool. The Terra and Traveler were produced from 1976 to 1980, so they only produced for four years instead of a nine-year run like the Scout 2. Terras and Travelers had fiberglass tops, half-top for the Terra, or full-top with a hatchback-type liftgate on the Traveler, Hatchback type. Hatchback. Wait a minute. That's not a Oh, ha- well, I guess it is a hatchback. Most notably different, these models were extended by 18 inches in the region between the door and the front of the rear wheel well. So they weren't really squished like the old models. They had a little bit more length tone. A foot and a half, actually. The Scout SSI or Soft Top Safari 2. The SSIs were a stripped down offered version introduced in nineteen seventy seven. It was intended to compete directly with the CJ, the Jeep CJ, and was built until 79. This model included a soft top, soft doors, Jeep style mirrors, plastic door inserts, special plastic grill and a roll bar, among other options. Now several SSIs were champions on the offered racing circuit during the seventies. Now I'm going to get into the special packages. Offered on the Scout now. Like the Shawnee Scout. The CVI. CVI. Huh. The Selective Edition Scout 2's. And the Spirit of 76 and Patriot Special Editions. Also the Midas Edition. Scout 2's. The, and the final special version. And then I'll leave it. But let's start with the Shawnee Scout. The Shawnee Scout was to be a trim type and also a special feature package that was produced by Hearst Performance. Now, Hearst Performance is pretty awesome, let me tell you. I know they make shift, like manual shift levers, or the manual shifter handles, which are pretty nice. This model was built by dressing up a black SSI with special tomahawk and feather decals. Special seats, black Targa style top, some hard tonneau bed cover, a hard tonneau bed cover, and of course a Hearst shifter. Only three Shawnee Scouts were produced. And who knows if they still exist, because that would be a cool find. CVIs, or Custom Vehicles Incorporated, was a company located around the corner from the Fort Wayne Scout Assembly plant that produced special models for IH dealers in 1979 and 1980. Now, the special models were dressed-up scouts with unique exterior decals and trim, center console coolers, and hood scoops. Whoa. Some additions have plastic window louvers on the rear side glass, fender flares, and two different plastic tailgate inserts. Model names include the Midnight Star, Terra Star, Travel Star, Shadow Raven, two classic models, GMS Green Machine Sport and Gold Medallion Scout Hot Stuff Trail Star Sport Star 5.6 liter and 3.2 liter models. The Selective Edition Scout Twos, and they were special packages you could buy, which were you know gold accent stripes, gold spoke wheels, Goodyear Tracker All Terrains, SSi Black Girl Inserts, sports steering wheels, and other options. The Spirit of 76 and Patriot Editions were for the U.S. Bicentennial Year of 1976. Produced the Spirit of 76 and the Patriot models. Spirit of 76 had a special blue soft top. blue slash red side, applique. was only available on the Scout 2. Now, well, that was pretty much... They produced all the models, but the Scout 2 was the most popular. You know? Spirit also had blue interior racing type steering wheel. 15-by-7-inch chrome rally wheels. IH data only sh- shows 384 spirit models ever being built. Now, the Patriots had hardtops and the same blue-red-side applique was available on Scout 2 Terra or Traveler. Sales figures on the Patriot only show 1 Terra, 7 Travelers, and 50-plus Scout 2s being manufactured. However, another undetermined number of Patriots were built without line to boot code designations they was with Supplied Truck Sales Processing Center, making how many were actually built difficult to determine. Nevertheless, both models can be considered extremely, extremely rare. The Midas Edition Scout 2, IH contracted with Midas Van Conversion Company of Elkhart, Indiana, to build special luxury models to be offered through dealers. These vehicles had swivel bucket seats, shag carpet, ew shag carpet, ugh. colored key interiors, Door panels, headliners, grill guards, dual sunroofs, overhead clocks, third seats, reading lights, tinted windows, fender fender flares, and special side-applipped through paint designs. Models included the family cruiser, or just cruiser, the street machine, the Offered vehicle. Another company called Van America, which was in Goshen, Indiana, offered similar options, complete Midas. However, these vehicles were only offered for a short time, making them very rare today. Now, I thought when they said Midas edition... They would go with like gold. You know, King Midas. He had, you know, in the Bible, he touched stuff, turned gold. His wish. And I kind of went and bit him in the butt because touched his wife and she turned to gold. That's ooh. But I I thought Midas edition would be you know gold because that'd be cool, gold scout. But I guess. You know, safety reasons. The you know, sun got on and reflected on someone's windshield. It could crash. And the final special version. Probably one of the rarest models produced by H was the 1980 RS. The special Limited Edition RS Scout. This package was only available in the Traveler in Tahitian red or the metallic. It has special extras inside now, including polycast wheels with Tahitian red accent. Luxurious plush. All available. Vel- Velour, russet, interior, including headliner and visors, special pinstriping, wood grain trim instrument panel and shift console, chrome bumpers, tinted glass, and more. Two other special packages offered in 1980 were the uh, 844 and 434 Gold Start models. The 844 offered standard equipment plus a 345 V8 HD clutch, the 242, the 242. 428. Oh my gosh, my dyslexia is kicking in, I swear. T42 T428 4 speed manual trans with a 272 rear axle ratio, AM radio, rear seat hubcaps, special black side, oblique and paint on lower body and black carpet, while the 434 offered standard equipment plus four one ninety-six engine T332 3 speed tranny with a 373 rear axle ratio black vinyl interior, and radio, rear seat hubcat special black side of and paint on the lower body and black carpet. The last International Scout to roll out of the factory was assembled on the line on October 21st of 1980. Well, that's the history of the International Scout. I hope you like my first episode of my podcast. I hope you come back to listen to some more. And Bye-bye.